Good evening, everyone. Klipas Noiga. This week we're going to discuss the fourth level of this external shell of Klipa. Mr. Schlepstein, he passed away, and he was a nice man, so the angels in heaven wanted to give him a choice. Unfortunately, he needed to go through a cleansing process. But nonetheless, the angels, they felt that because he had been a nice man on earth, they would give him a choice from three choices of what he would prefer. And they said, your choice A is the Ashkenazic version, and that is that you'll wake up every morning 6 a.m., you'll get dressed, you'll then go ahead and step on burning hot coals, and after that, you'll get 39 lashes. That's the Ashkenazic version. The Sephardic version, you'll wake up every day 6 a.m., get dressed, step on burning hot coals, and then you'll get 39 lashes, the Sephardic version. And the third option is the Hasidic version. You'll get up at 6 a.m., get dressed, step on burning hot coals, and 39 lashes. And the angels turn to this man and they say, so which, Mr. Schlepstein, which of these three would you prefer? So he responds, he says he wants the Hasidic version. Asks the angels, why the Hasidic version? Well, he responds, you know, to the Hasidim, 6 a.m. is not 6 a.m. Hot coals is not hot coals, and 39 lashes is not 39 lashes. Well, when we talk about bad, and we, we're going to discuss different types of purification, they're all here as a, as a method of purity. Not, God forbid, to punish. We know the Torah doesn't punish someone. Rather, they're all methods of helping and elevating a person to higher levels. There are items in this world that are completely forbidden. And that's what we learn at the end of chapter 6, the end of Perik Vav. We learn that there are three methods of klipa, three shells, that any connection to them that we have is going to be negative and evil. The second we get involved with them, they have a negative effect. There's no method of purification. The fourth, level, Klipas Noga has the ability to be elevated. What does Klipas Noga mean? In your handout, in footnote number 3, we see the, the verse from Ezekiel 1.4, which in this verse it discusses the four types of Klipa. Ezekiel is having a vision and he says, And I saw and behold a tempest was coming from the north, a huge cloud and a flaming fire with the brightness around it. From its mist, from its midst. It was like the color of the chashmal from the midst of the fire. And as we discussed last week, that chashmal is the essence of Hashem. And around this essence of Hashem is a tempest, a wind, a cloud, fire, and a brightness. The tempest, cloud, and fire are the three types of evil that have no good within them. They are the three foundations of tempest is wind, 
A cloud is water. Clouds have water. Clouds come from water. Clouds give water. And the third is a fire. The foundation of fire. The fourth, the level of the shell that can be elevated is a brightness around it. A brightness to noga. Noga lo saviv. A brightness to illumination. Klipas Noga is a shell that can be illuminated exactly like its name. We're able to take this shell, we're able to take this energy and do what we want with it. If we want, we can go ahead and elevate this energy. But God forbid if we want, the opposite is similarly true, we could draw it down. You know, an example would be meat, food, eating. Eating could be good. But if we eat like a glutton, it could be very bad. Jokes. Jokes could be good. As the Gemara shares with us, that Ravel would say a joke before he started his sheer to get everyone involved in it. That's a positive thing. Negative jokes, negative comedians, comedians that share inappropriate things. They're, dra- they're dragging you down. This is Klipas Noga, the ability for good and the ability for bad. And the setup of the beginning of chapter 7, chapter of Perik, as I and is, we're going to list. First, we're going to list the items inclusive in Klipas Noga, and only then will we go ahead and clarify what Klipas Noga is. In the handout, we're at the beginning of Perik Zion, chapter 7. On the other hand, in contrast to the three types of clip of the shell that have no good, the vitalizing animal soul in the Jew, the nefesh hachiyunis. In chapter 1, we mentioned that a Jew has two souls. He has an animalistic soul and a godly soul. But over here, we're not, refer, we're not calling it the animalistic soul. We're calling it the vitalizing animal soul, the nefesh hachiyunis. That's a very good word. That's very clear, vitalizing. This is the life force, as Tanya continues. That which is derived from the aspect of the klipa, which is closed in the human blood, as stated above. This soul is within our blood. It's running through our, our life stream. So I understand it's called a vitalizing animal soul. But why is it called animal? What about it is an animal? An animal has intellect. An animal could think, we see animals, some animals are the most ingenious. Look at the way they get their food. Look at the way they conduct themselves. Look at the way they're able to interact with other animals. They're very smart. But their intellect is only there to get them what they need. Their intellect is only, is only able to worry about themselves. So yes, this vitalizing soul that we have, this nefesh hachiyunis, is like an animal because it's preoccupied with its own self-preservation, taking care of itself. So this animalistic soul and the souls of all the animals, beasts, birds, and fish that are clean and fit for Jewish consumption 
kosher food. If it's not kosher food and a Jew eats it, then it comes from the three energies that are evil. There's no good in it. That's why we can't eat it. But now we're talking about the meat of animals, beasts, birds, and fish that are clean and fit for Jewish consumption. As also the existence and vitality of the entire inanimate rocks, stone, gold, silver, metal, copper, copper, all of these items, it's up to us what they're going to be used for. We could use the gold to build the base amigdash. We could use the gold to do a big mitzvah. On the other hand, we could use it for something negative. What are we going to use it out for? And the entire vegetable world, which is permissible for consumption, vegetation that is permissible for consumption, again, it's up to us. Are we going to eat it for the good or eat it for the bad? What does that mean? Vegetation that is fit for consumption. Is there vegetation that is prohibited for consumption? There's vegetables in a market you can't buy? Yes. Two examples would be, we know when you plant a tree, the first three years are forbidden. Arla. So yes, the first three years of produce, of fruit that grow from a tree, is naturally forbidden. And if a Jew would eat it, it would be giving him negative energy. And similarly, if a Jew grafts two items, two, um, two items together... So the fruit from that is forbidden, and that has negative energy within it. Until now, we've discussed the animalistic soul. We've discussed animals which are kosher, inanimate objects, the vegetation which is permissible for consumption, as well as the existence and vitality of every act, utterance, and thought. In mundane matters that contain no forbidden aspect, any thought, speech, and action that is not forbidden, and it's neither root nor branch of the 365 prohibited precepts and their offshoots, either in the explicit authority of the Torah or by rabbinic enactment. That means whatever we're doing has not even a trace of a sin, Yet, continues the Tanya, if it's not performed for the sake of heaven, but only by the will, desire, and lust of the body, so momentarily we'll say that that's Klipas Noga. If it's coming, it's nothing bad, but we're doing it out of a desire, then we are not doing, we have taking good energy, and we haven't used it out for the good. And even were were it a need of the body, that means it's something the body needs. We need to eat. We need to do exercise. We have to take care of ourselves. But nonetheless, if we do it for that reason alone, or it's very preservation in life, that means we're taking care of ourselves. We're doing something that is vitally important that we know the Torah says a Jew must take care of his life. Nonetheless, 
If his intention is not for the sake of heaven, that is to serve God thereby, then all these acts, utterances, and thoughts are no better than the vitalizing animal soul itself. Even if we're doing something for a good purpose to keep us alive, if it's not for the sake of Hashem, then it is no better than the vitalizing animal soul. And everything in this totality of things, all of the items we've mentioned until now, the animalistic soul, kosher food, kosher vegetation, inanimate objects, thought, speech, and action of items that are being done out of uh, self-preservation, all of these items flows and is drawn from the second level of klipa and sitra achara, namely a fourth klipa called klipas noga. Wow. Very, very powerful. Very powerful. Let's look at footnote number one and two and give ourselves a little, a little background. Rabbi Yossi would say, quote from Ethics of the Fathers 2.12, Rabbi Yossi would say, Kol And all your deeds should be for the sake of heaven. Whatever we do, it needs to be for the sake of heaven. How? What does that mean, for the sake of heaven? Comes along, and over here there's a quote from the Kittur Shulchan Aruch number 2. Our rabbis, may their memory be for a blessing, said, what, which is a short passage on which the entire body of the Torah is dependent. Know Him in all your ways. Know Hashem in all your ways. This means that even in the paths you follow for the sake of your physical needs, you must know God and carry out these functions for His name's sake. Blessed be He. For example, eating, drinking, walking, sitting, laying, getting up, marital relations, conversation, all the needs of your body shall all be for your service of your Creator or as something which leads to His service. Incredible! Amazing! Hashem has allowed us that the most mundane actions, eating, sleeping, walking, we can do them and be serving Hashem by doing it. Just by sleeping. Could you imagine? You're doing a mitzvah by sleeping. You're serving Hashem by sleeping. When you eat, you're serving Hashem. If you do it for His names. If you do it in order to serve Hashem. We say regarding a soldier. A soldier, wherever he is, he's a soldier. A messenger, wherever he is, he's a soldier. And a Jew, as long as he recognizes that he's a messenger, whatever he does, he's a messenger of Hashem. Whatever he does, he's on this mission. He's on this task and he's fulfilling his mission. So we, Hashem has empowered us. The fact that there are 613 mitzvot, for example, oftentimes we complain. 613 mitzvot. So many mitzvot. Hashem, why are you making life so tough? The opposite is true. The more mitzvot we have, the more reward we get. Hashem, thank you so much for giving us so, much, so many mitzvot. You have empowered us to do whatever we do. We're now able to get a reward. I was, I'm nice to my parents. 
a reward. I have respect for my teacher, a reward. I go ahead and I don't kill, I don't steal. I'm just, I'm listening to the Torah. We're rewarded for that. So the many mitzvot are actually a compliment, a reward for us. So similarly here, as long as we could focus and do what we do, our mundane life, for Hashem, we are actively serving Hashem. But what does it mean, Klipas Noga? We've mentioned until now what comes from Klipas Noga. Again, the animalistic soul, kosher vegetation, kosher food, inanimate objects, thought, speech, and action of items that are not forbidden. But what does the Klipas Noga mean? In chapter 2 we discussed the four worlds. The world of Atzilus, Berea, Yetzirah, and Asiya. Atzilus, Eitzeld, is by God. It's completely godly, no bad. Berea is creation. Bad is already created. Very, very limited. Yetzirah, the third world is. There's a formation. So now already the bad has a small form. But again, very limited. Asiya, action, the fourth and final world, the lowest of all worlds, over there, bad is very powerful. And yet our world that we live in, this physical world, is not even inclusive in these four worlds I previously mentioned. We don't live in Asiya. We live in the physical Asiya, an even lower level. And it is in this world that bad is extremely, extremely powerful. Let's continue inside. In your hand out four lines from the end of the first paragraph. For in this world, called the world of Asiya action, most, indeed almost all of it, is bad. And only a little good has been intermingled within it within the bad. This world, when you look at it externally, is bad. We don't have to talk and clarify what this means. We all could look into our own life and apply this to ourselves, the challenges and struggles we face. But nonetheless, there's a little good intermingled within it. What is this good? Potential. This world has potential for good. It may be Bad. Externally we see negative things happening, but the potential for good is here. And that is Klipas Noga. We have that potential to illuminate Noga, to illuminate and elevate. And this Klipas Noga is an intermediate category between the three completely unclean Klipot and the category in order of holiness. Klipas Noga, this illumination, has the ability, we could take this energy and illuminate it and make it holy, or God forbid the opposite, draw it down. Hence, it is sometimes absorbed within the three unclean Klipot. As is explained in Eitz Chaim, Portal 49, beginning of chapter 4, on the authority of the Zohar. This energy can be drawn down. And sometimes it is absorbed and elevated to the category and level of holiness. We're able to take this energy and elevate it. How do we elevate it? As when the good that is intermingled in it, the good within Klipas Noga, 
is extracted from the bad, it's removed from the bad, and after it's removed, it now prevails and ascends until it is absorbed in holiness. When we spoke about drawing down good, God forbid, it just says you draw down good. You drew down holiness into the three negative energies. But over here when we're talking about elevation, it doesn't say you just bring up. No, you have to, to elevate. We first have to remove the bad. The bad has to be removed. And that is what we're saying to repeat. When the good that is intermingled in it is extracted from the bad, we have to first remove the bad and then prevails and ascends until it is absorbed in holiness. Let's give one example, and with this we'll conclude. Such is the case, for example, of he who eats fat beef and drinks spiced wine in order to broaden his mind for the service of God and his Torah. As Rava said, wine and fragrance make a man's mind more receptive. So imagine you're eating meat fatty beef, or you're drinking the most delicious wine to broaden your mind for the service of Hashem. Well, in that scenario, you've elevated this meat. You've elevated this wine. Or in order to fulfill the command concerning enjoyment of the Shabbos and festivals. Or maybe you're eating because you're celebrating Shabbos and Yontif. It's a mitzvah. In such a case, the vitality of the meat and wine originating in the Klipat Noga is distilled and ascends to God like a burnt offering and a sacrifice. If we take this, this energy from the meat and wine and we use it for and we've elevated that animal, we've elevated those grapes to a higher plateau. And there's a reason... Reb Shneir Zalman gives an example from meat and wine. A glutton eats the same exact items from meat and wine. Meat and wine naturally draw a person down. Wine could make you intoxicated. Meat, meat often is very fatty, it's very filling, and it, it doesn't make you respective. But over here we're saying, if you eat these two items, you're elevating them. For Hashem, there is nothing greater than that. And so when we started off the class, Klipas Noga, what is Klipas Noga? And we'll continue next week much more at length to discuss this idea, how we could elevate, and God forbid, unfortunately, we could also drag down the energy of Klipas Noga. What is Klipas Noga? It's an intermediate level between holiness and the three negative energies. And it is up to you. How are you going to use this item that you are connected to? Will you elevate it? Your smartphone, how are you going to use it? Are you going to elevate it? By looking at Chabad.org and, and listening to a shir? Or God forbid, is someone going to do something inappropriate? It's up to you. I bless you that we should take all the opportunities we have to only elevate and come closer to Hashem and we will certainly bring merit to ourselves, to our family, and all of Israel. Have a wonderful evening, and thank you so much for joining.